0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on this beautiful weekend here in D.C. We have a great show for you. It's kind of a show dedicated to the stoner diet. We're going to be talking barbecue, pizza, cookies, and uh, beer, and lots of other stuff. So um, no,
1: we're just talking about that. That's what we're talking I about. I could be.
0: I could be. I could bring up other subjects. It's my world. Yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, we're going to be joined today by oh. You want to talk, you want to say something first, right? Go ahead. Well,
1: I do. I just want to remind people that with the summer sun coming out, festivals are back. They're happening all over the DC Metro area. There's some great one this uh, this weekend, but more are coming up in the following weeks. It is Pride month and DC wears that flag like You cannot believe there are events happening all over the city, not just next week for the parade, but almost every day. There are drag brunches and pride cocktails and so many ways to show your support as an ally. Of course, go to thelistareyouonit.com for everything happening in the D.C. metro area, not just with pride, but with everything else. And uh, follow me at n y c c i n e l l i s on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter for everything that is happening in the D.C. metro area. My turn. Mm -hmm. So
0: we do have a great show today. Um, Deb Moser's with us from Central Farm Markets. She wants to give peas a chance. But I'm bummed. You want to talk about peas, Deb? Mm -hmm. Um, James Warner's Mm -hmm. back with us. He's the CEO at City State Brewing. Uh, They had, I mean, you opened during the pandemic, I think, right? Yeah. Crazy time. But they survived, and they're celebrating their first anniversary. We'll hear all about that. Our friend and neighbor, Jared Silver, is here. He's the former executive chef at Birch & Barley. But he's now got Silver & Sons Barbecue Truck uh, that travels around Rockville, Bethesda, and the Silver Spring. The bar- we've had it. The barbecue is delicious. And it's really interesting because he takes American techniques and enhances them with Jewish and Mediterranean flavors and styles. So my grandmother would love you. Mm-hmm. Except she's no it's longer schmaltzy. with us. It's She's not with us anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, steeped in history, Arlington's Colony Grill uh, it has a specialty of a 12-inch bar pizza it's it's really it's the, the history of this place is great it's a thin crust pizza cut into six slices and drizzled in hot oil mm. uh ken martin's with us he's the co-owner of colony grill unfortunately his pizza's not with us because he's on zoom <laughs> way to go ken uh and even a bigger stoner alert what's better than a late night cookie feast late They're, night what did i say i don't know what it i said. don't know what i said i I'm, I'm, maybe i'm stoned maybe Uh, Neil Maglani and his buddies founded Molten Cookies. Uh, They bake cookies to order and deliver them warm, along with milkshakes and ice cream. Yum. (laughs) And he's my new best friend. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to talk to all of them. Let's start off with Deb Moser. Deb, what's going on at the markets?
1: All the markets, Deb. What's happening? (laughs)
2: It, lots of stuff. All the spring vegetables are in. The summer fruits and vegetables are starting to come in. We have blueberries out the KwaZoo mm-hmm. and peas and beans and snap peas. You name it. The beans and the peas are in. All your spring favorites. So when you Garlic say spring,
1: scapes. yeah, I was going to ask, like, does that mean like scapes and fiddlehead right. ferns? Like, is, do we still have ferns? Like, is that still happening or do we miss it?
2: Yeah, no, you'll find the ferns at your mushroom stands. And um, yeah, it's just the market's starting to look very colorful very pretty, mm-hmm. and think also Father's Day is coming up. So you want to get those grilling things, you know, all your hot dogs and sausages and mm-hmm. steaks and everything you want to grill. For those for of us who will be
0: celebrating Father's Day, unfortunately. Yes. yes.
2: I don't know what that, yes. means. that means. Or graduation parties or whatever. But, um, you know, you got hit the fish people because they've got lobsters in, they've mm. got uh, crabs Soft-shell crabs, lots of good stuff.
1: Amazing, amazing. Okay, so tell everybody where we can find out, because your newsletter this week was terrific. I know you work really hard on it. Uh, Tell everybody how they can sign up for the newsletter at the market and find out what's happening at the market every week.
2: Sure. Go to Mm -hmm. centralfarmmarkets.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Sign up for the newsletter. You'll get all the weekly news, all all the vendor lineups for all four markets, and uh, everything you need is right there. Great, Deb. Thanks so much. We'll see you uh, next all right, week. take
0: care. Now let's talk about a really cool place. It's a craft brewery. It's mm-hmm. a tap room. It's an arts venue and an event space. Can it's I over. Can
1: I back this uh, up? Wait, no, no I'm on Edgewood back it up. Street.
0: And it is City State Brewing. Now okay. you can say whatever you want.
1: Well, so what's interesting is that uh, James from City State Brewing Brewery joined us about a year and a half ago, like really at the height of the pandemic. We were doing the show on Zoom out of our bedroom with the in dog barking in the background. Um, and the place hadn't even opened yet. Correct. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you wound up opening a brewery. Because not everybody, I think it's and a dream. Why? It's a dream for a lot of people, the- but not a lot of people can make it an actuality.
3: Sure. So uh, I um, came to D.C. like a lot of people did for... A policy job. I came from the Peace Corps. I worked in environmental policy for a long time. Worked on the Hill, um, but while I was doing that, started making beer uh, at home. I'd always been interested in it, and in D.C., you can have the space to do that. I'm originally from uh, Manhattan, so having a space in a row house in D.C. a lot of creative food projects. Um, and then I saw that there was a lot of potential in D.C. for more hometown brands. Um, that the people who had uh, were staying, were living in DC weren't necessarily putting down roots. People were always leaving, people f- looking for ways to fall in love with and connect um, with this city, which is, you know, stories of DC are not part of the national conversation. Um, and, uh, and there's a good reason for that, unfortunately. So what we are dedicated to is uh, uplifting the story, the stories, the history and culture of the district. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left my job in politics. I drove a car and uh, sold beer for Legends Limited mm-hmm. all over D.C. and Maryland uh, for – I mean, over, all over Montgomery County for five years while we raised money for the brewery. Mm-hmm. And we signed our leases and put down our deposits in uh, September of 2019. Mm. And I left uh, that job to uh, raise the rest of the money for the brewery in – February of 2020 and good timing. Yeah. We know what happened next, <laughs> good uh, but we, we, uh, with the help of, uh, city first bank of DC, uh-huh. um, after 25 banks turned us down, uh, we managed to, cause there was, I had no, there, my, there was no plan B. Um, this was what I was going to do. And, uh, we managed to get open, um, it, today is actually today is the year anniversary of our opening. Be uh, a year ago. Okay, Thank so you very on much. that
2: note,
1: I'm, we're gonna, you're going to tell us what you're pouring first, yes. and then when we come back, we can talk about the sure. brewery itself.
3: So the first uh, beer that we'll be pouring today is Equal Marriage Blonde Wheat Ale. Mm-hmm. Um, equal ma- DC is a pioneer in marriage equality mm-hmm. along racial lines, uh, uh, obviously uh, gender uh, lines, and also religious lines. Um, and, uh, equal, this is a year round beer for us. Uh, mm-hmm. we don't just, this isn't just, a because pride it's pride Month. Math. yeah, no, mm-hmm. we have equal marriage, dark wheat, and this is equal marriage, blonde.
1: Okay, great. Why don't well, you pour but, that? But no. you got to
0: give props to a guy who is making beer with a social conscience. Th- this it. is first for this show. It's yes. great.
1: Okay. Why don't you pour that for everybody in studio, please? We'll and, uh, let's bring on our next guest. So Jared Silver was a chef at Birch and Barley and Churchky, uh a huge beer place <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, Greg Angert and 550
0: um, beers in bottles, in cans, and on tap. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Crazy. Uh
1: Yeah, casks, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where we first met. You were executing there, and uh, you started right before, like, what, six months, a year before the pandemic? When did you start there?
4: Um, I think end of 2018. So okay, so you were there a little more. A year, okay, yeah.
1: a little more than a year. And then... What happened? Like, what were your next steps? How did you get into barbecue?
4: I've done a lot of, like, open pit live fire cooking on rotisseries. And um, I've always been into kind of smoked meats. And we had a little smoker at Birch and Barley that I cooked everything I possibly could out of that smoker. Can I
1: back you up for a second? Mm -hmm. I feel like live fire is a new buzz term in the food world. I get a lot of press releases with it. I'm curing it a lot. There are some live fire festivals that are mm-hmm. happening nationally and internationally. So, can you sort of explain exactly what live fire means? Does that mean like cooking over like a bonfire, or is it just a grill? What is it? What does the term really refer to?
4: I think it really just refers to just anything with a, a fire that's you know, with with meats that are cooked over it. Okay. Um, so, you know, one of the restaurants that I was at had a rotisserie that went round over a fire, so it was keeping the fire managed. You know, barbecue is much more of an offset um, type of fire, so you have a firebox or chamber, and then the heat is distributed into the, the chamber with all of the meats. So, in do it. coals
0: count for live fire? Coals, yeah.
3: Mm, I mean, I, I use
4: full splits of wood, so yeah. I, I I'm not just using. You're
3: not like, doing
0: it the way my dad did it, with, right? With pouring that. a bunch of.
1: Gas on charcoal. Yeah, no. yeah not that's quite. not what's
0: happening. Blowing up the grill. Um, right. And what does that do for the flavor? Um, well, the the wood
4: itself is really what gives like the smoke flavor to it. So charcoal isn't really going to give all that much smoke. Um, you're really just going to get heat off of charcoal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're using all oak and hickory wood um, that is cured for about 9 to 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still has a little bit of a water content, so that water content is going to give it, you know, more of that smoke, and it's going to take a little bit longer to burn,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um,
4: but not long enough that it's going to give it what's called like a dirty smoke that you can get off flavors in.
1: Interesting. So as you were developing your menu, mm-hmm. like talk talk us through the process because it's a food truck. Yes. So how do you decide to do this? Like, let's talk through the sort of timeline of it.
4: Yeah. So. In the middle of the pandemic. So I stayed with Neighborhood Restaurant Group for the first part of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept a lot of people on, as many people as they could, which was which was great because I still had a job. Right. Um, and then as kind of the second wave hit, um, they tightened up a little bit and... Um, you know, it was very amicable. Like I knew that I was going to part ways with them and, and they were getting rid of some of the, the people that they had on staff. So mm. I started thinking about what my next mm. thing was going to be. Mm-hmm. I had, at the time, a nine-month-old.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and so I knew that I wanted to spend as much time as I could with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had seen some of my friends during the pandemic who started something from home. Um, somebody was doing pizza from home. Another person was making baked goods. And so I wanted to think of what I could do to stay at home, spend some time with my son, but then also build into you, a company. You started off catering,
0: right? Wasn't there a, a I, catering I, phase?
4: There was, um, but it wasn't really at the beginning. I started more in restaurants, mm-hmm. um, and I've done some catering here and there. Um, but, yeah, so – so
1: how did you develop the menu for barbecue? Because you're not doing traditional, traditional right. barbecue. Can, can we, no, before answer the we question get to first. the
0: menu, barbecue requires live fire. Yes. So is that in a truck? Is that dangerous? Is that different? That's not no. What's happening.
4: Right. So, so the barbecue that I started with was on a offset smoker that I picked up. Um, and so it has a firebox on one side and then a barrel smoker on the other sure. side. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The air rotates around the entire thing, and you have to feed the fire every 20 to 30 minutes or so. On the truck, we have a different type of smoker that's a combination between propane and wood. So it's not quite as temperamental, and I don't have to feed the fire every 20 minutes.
1: Gotcha.
4: Um, And it's also much more enclosed. So it is inside the truck, but it's not like there's fire shooting out of the sides of it. So
1: when you're doing it that way, are you cooking most things off the truck and then finishing them on the truck, or are you doing more on the truck? Like, so, how does that work?
4: The, the way that the menu kind of developed was mm-hmm. because I started doing everything from home, um, and I have a very small kitchen, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to make my wife terribly unhappy with only having like, Barbecue? <laughs> this much space and you a know, very small amount of space in the fridge. While holding a brand-new um, baby. Right, right. right, while holding a brand-new baby, <laughs> and now we have three fridges in our house. Um, so I wanted to think of a way that I could put everything in the smoker. Um, so obviously all the meats were going to go in the smoker, and then I was thinking about the sides. Okay, well, you know, right now we just added a harissa-roasted carrot dish, mm. and so that gets cooked in the smoker versus getting cooked in the oven.
1: So gotcha. I, Hold well, on. We well, have to take a break. We have to take a break. Uh, Hold uh, your mouth. Uh, oh. okay. Question This, is this da- interrupt us. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is David and Nikki Nellis. It's Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, okay. we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Jared Silver, who is the genius behind Silver & Sons Barbecue Truck. Mm-hmm. First question. You yes. talked about your new, you know, your new uh, a new Mediterranean influenced dish, mm-hmm. but why I mean where did the idea for bringing all that come from? I mean, that's so I've never I've, heard of I've it. So I've
4: done a lot of Mediterranean cooking and and some Middle Eastern and a little North African and, and some of the restaurants that I've worked at. So I wanted to be able to bring a different different flavors to barbecue and you know, DC doesn't necessarily have a big barbecue identity. There are a lot of barbecue places and a lot of them are really good. But because there's no like you you go to Kansas City, you're going to have Kansas City barbecue or Memphis or whatever. Right. Exactly. D.C.
1: does other regional. Right. Exactly. That's what we do.
4: So I wanted to create my own regional barbecue out of D.C. that wasn't going to read like a lot of the other barbecue restaurants in this area. So the first thing I wanted to think of was, okay, I wanted to bring in some Jewish influences. So we make our own challah bread instead of serving white bread or cornbread with Mm -hmm. the barbecue. Um, as far as I just started to salivate, <laughs> <laughs> That's um, going along with that, I took pork off of the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, we do pulled lamb shoulder with ginger and garlic and fennel seed instead oh, of doing pork shoulder and sure. we do uh baby back beef ribs instead of pork ribs. So, when Did I People started come going, up and say,
0: I want my baby back, baby back, baby oh back. God. I think wow. I've had that twice. Okay, well, yeah. you haven't. And, I think, th- he was a, and I think he was the only <laughs> one to <laughs> do twice. it, right? Both well, times. I wasn't going to say yeah. that.
4: <laughs> 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 um, when he finds a joke, he sticks with it. That wasn't <laughs> we'll bring that back right That was yeah. ordering, but go ahead. <laughs> um, so, you know, now I've kind of moved into like this Jewish barbecue realm. And then mm-hmm. I started thinking, okay, well, I can bring in. Much lighter sides. I can bring in more fresh citrus. I can bring in more fresh herbs. I can bring some seasonal aspect to it. So I started thinking of all of the restaurants that I've worked at, and I brought in more of a Mediterranean and Middle Eastern uh, feel to it. Mm-hmm. So our mustard sauce is is very similar to like an American mustard sauce with brown sugar and whole grain mustard and a little vinegar in there. But then instead of just putting in garlic powder and smoked paprika, we add a spice blend called baharat, which is Got dried lime in there, ground mace, very similar to an American barbecue spice, but a spice blend from the Middle East. Wow. So it's oh, trying neat. to like blend these these two different cultures and marry a project that would work together. And it's close enough that people feel familiar with the food, but it's new
0: enough that it's it just the menu reads very different. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I said at the top of the show, and this isn't, you know, sort of empty uh, promoting. I mean, we've had the food and it is really good. It and it's really special. It's it. different. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Well, but it's not... It's, yes, it's different, but it's not unrecognizable. No, it's not. Do you know what I mean? mean? You know, Mm -hmm. it's
0: like, again, DC has lots of different kinds of barbecue. And after a while, unless you're going to spend a lot of time in Memphis and a lot of time in Texas and, you know, you don't know the difference, your stuff stands out. It's terrific. So
1: now, what's next? Like, how do people find you? Are we catering now? And are you looking to do a brick and mortar?
4: Um, all of the above. Okay. Um, and how do they find us? So we are on um, you know, Instagram, Facebook. We have our website, silverandsonsbbq.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we post a schedule uh, that goes out in our weekly uh, email blast on Monday or Tuesday. We send our schedule on social media. We have it on our website as well. Uh, we're adding catering and, and we're doing private events. Uh, we're currently openly, only open Wednesday through Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to make sure that... We were setting ourselves up for success. Um, I've worked in a lot of, I've opened a lot of restaurants that opened really quickly, and I wanted to make sure that it was, you know, you could sus- handle it, a sustainable model first, mm-hmm. and then I can I can add more shifts. We Most more important, aside from right.
0: finding your trucks, will mm-hmm. you bring a truck to a party? In yeah. other words, and yeah, cater we, it?
4: and we have, and I still have the tow behind smoker that I started with last year. So I actually have an event coming up where. Um, she didn't want the truck. She wanted specifically like a backyard barbecue feel. Sure. So we're going to drive the the smoker right into the backyard and set up a couple folding tables for her. So let me
1: ask you, since we only have a minute left, as a chef, mm-hmm. working in the kitchens, working under that pressure, working in that way, all the people around you ordering all that stuff, you know, the, the uh, vibe of being in a restaurant versus a totally different vibe, being on your own, working in a truck, like... How do you feel about that? Have you thought about, like, oh, I really miss this, or I like that, or I love what I'm doing now? Does I don't it... miss a single thing about Okay. <laughs> like um, asking... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, That's like curious. asking
0: somebody who, who, who commuted two hours a day and worked in an office I totally and now there works are people, out of the house. If they, if, you I know.
1: totally disagree. There are chefs out there who thrive. Love it. It's their lives. They love it.
4: I still Well, so I still work service on the truck. So I'm still engaging with people. I actually started in the front of house. I didn't start as a a cook. I started Mm -hmm. as a server. um, And I loved interacting with the guests. And I still get to do that and prepare the food at the same Mm -hmm. time. Um, And, I mean, you asked about a brick and mortar. There will be one one day, but it's not going to be a sit down. Um, Gotcha. I don't want to... Do I, I don't want to do that. I want okay. a little takeout place. I think that that sounds a lot better. All right, better. tell everybody where to
1: There's find There's a couple you spaces in Kensington. You uh, know.
4: Yeah, <laughs> online, uh, silverandsonsbbq.com. I'm definitely looking in Kensington, you too. You better be. Um, Facebook, at Silver and Sons Instagram, the same. Um, and, you know, tonight um, we'll be down on MacArthur Boulevard in Cabin John.
1: Excellent. Thanks awesome. so much, Jared. It's, it's so good to see here. you. All, All right. right, James, we're going to go back to you.
0: James, this is good. And
1: Thank So, her. you know, I'm not a— Huge beer drinker. I mean, I have a palate for it. I get it. But this is really lovely. It's really nice.
3: Thank you. So this is a Hefeweizen. Mm -hmm. Um, Our nickname for this is a banana. Why not the whole Weizen? Sorry. Banana. Thank you. Thank uh,
1: you very much. We just need uh, drummers. We've sort of been
3: nicknaming this uh, banana champagne. Uh, The yeast um, makes an amazing fruity banana flavor. Uh, Mm -hmm. The yeast does that in their own. This is really fresh and lively. It's love and sunshine in a can. Um, equal marriage, blonde. Uh, you can. It's now. Uh, we. It's now at all Mystics games um, at at the uh, ESA oh, Stadium.
1: Cool. Good for yep. you.
3: Can I
0: just Thank say you. one thing? And I drink beer. Yes. Sir. So I have a problem with someone describing a beer as lovely. That, to me, is like...
3: I said love in no, a No, she said lovely. Oh, why? Well, you must not... This lovely. is lovely. Lovely is too... We meant it to be lovely. Mm, yeah, nobody cares what you think. It's um, so, very quickly,
1: because I don't want to not talk about the brewery. Once you, you've had all these plans in place, yeah. so let's just talk about, like, Let's just give the 411 on what the brewery is and what it's like there, so because at, we have to get to our next yep. guest.
3: So we're at 705 Edgewood Street Northeast, right mm-hmm. off the Rhode Island Avenue Metro and the Metropolitan Branch Trail. The mm-hmm. full production brewery, but we've got a big 5,000 square foot taproom beer hall. Uh, it's wide open uh, to um, to the outside. Uh, we have a covered patio Huge, uh, flexible space, uh, super family-friendly and adult-friendly. You can uh, bring your dogs Mm. um, or any other pets. You don't want our dogs. um, (laughs) As long as they're well-behaved. But we really try to create an environment where you can come and be yourself and pass the day. And uh, we've got uh, alcoholic beverages, but also got non-alcoholic things as well, so um, okay. come we'll spend time with that us. When, when you come, come back, back, I want to talk about your anniversary party, too. Yep. Yeah, looks like absolutely. A All
1: right, what beer are you pouring next for us?
3: Uh, next, we have not technically a beer. We have Big G's Uptown Hard Mix. What's that? This is a hard iced tea and lemonade collaboration that we made with, uh, designed by Anwan Big G Glover, cool. who is the dean of DC's Go-Go Scene. Uh, this is gluten-free, um, so it is made – the way people make hard seltzers these days with fermented mm-hmm. sugar, but we blended, brewed, we brewed black tea and uh, and blended that with uh, lemon puree. Ooh, I can't
1: wait to try that. I've it never is had that. It's really terrific. 8% cool. right.
3: ABV. Great.
0: I really like your assistant over there. All
1: right. Yeah, really funny.
0: Funny. All right so <laughs> now let's, talk, I mean, Colony Grill, mm-hmm. uh, the, the name is legendary and the bar pie they serve is legendary. Uh, we're joined by Ken Martin, who's co owner. Ken, how are you? Welcome to the show. Hi,
1: Ken. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Good, good morning. Thanks for having me. So why don't we start a little bit with kind of blend your 411 with the 411 on Colony Grill so mm-hmm. we get the, the picture.
6: Yeah. Uh, uh, Colony Grill has been around since 1935 in Stamford, Connecticut, Fairfield County, Connecticut. Uh, obviously, I haven't been around that long, although I feel like it's. I, I have. Uh, you have it. My husband <laughs> has. No, you haven't. <laughs> uh, it's close. It's close. Uh, my partners and I got involved in Colony in 2010. So we've been about 12 years in the business now. We had gone there as kids growing up in Fairfield County. Um, colony sort of had a cult following small hole in the wall uh, watering hole that served this very unique bar style pizza. And um, you know, we've been involved now 12 years, as I said, and it's been a, it's been quite a ride. Well, so can uh, we talk about
1: in. the history? Can you give us a little uh, tell us the story um, since you grew up going there? Uh, of why you know it had this cult following
6: uh just real simple concept i mean this is a this is a an irish bar that had been there since uh, the end of prohibition and uh, when people uh, came back from service in world war ii uh, they started experimenting with some of the pizzas of their homeland people that had emigrated here or or italian americans or slovenian americans that had had gone off to serve and came back and they, they they started Tinkering with this very, very thin crust, small, um, what we call now bar style or tavern style pizza, mm-hmm. um, light cheese, light sauce, super thin crust, easy to manage with one hand, drink in the other, and, um, uh, you know, fits on the bar top very easily. So uh, so was it you know,
1: created to fit specifically on the bar top? Is that yeah really how they did yeah. it? They were like, it has to be X amount so it could fit.
6: Yeah, twelve inches, so it fits easily on most bar tops. And you'll see this. I mean, Nikki, I think you're a, a New Jersey native. Um, I am a New Jersey native. Well, can, can you tell, you tell
1: by from my hair? the big hair? Is it's it? My hair is well. <laughs> it? <laughs>
6: okay. But my wife's a New Jersey native too. So she she went to places like Star Tavern or Kinchleys, and, and you'll see these bar style places from New Jersey, sort of all the way up to you know southie and Boston, and there's mm-hmm. sort of, you know little little holes in the walls that um that that incorporated a pizza into their into their really drinking scene um it's 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 um
1: so what is it about the hot oil and the process like what makes it so because i thought originally when i was reading up on you guys that it was more like because you're from connecticut that it was new haveny like new haven style but it's not right
6: it's not So, new haven which i love i grew up on New haven pizza as well um mm-hmm. you know that's very much brick oven or coal-fired pizza right um you know you get a little bit more char on the bottom. Um, it's, even though it's thin, it's, it's, it's probably, it's, it's, it's a bit thicker than our style pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so that's a great segment of pizza and it's, you know, it's become super famous. Um, I think the bar style or tavern style pizza is kind of, um, uh, not as well known, but is ca- kind of coming up in different parts of the country now. Um, but the hot oil is, uh, our, our, signature topping. It's essentially a, a serrano pepper infused oil that you can put on any pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, it's olive oil. It's yes. Bit- depth of flavor spice um you know like we think our cheese pizza is good but you know our hot oil pizza i think is our is our unique uh
0: so but you guys pizza. have also you know I, i'll say innovated but you've got other pies the salad pie and the salad breakfast pie, pie.
1: The salad no, pie speaks to me no
0: the breakfast pie is no, all mine thank you very much
1: we start with the salad let's
0: pie. start with the breakfast pie
6: <laughs> yeah so when we started expanding you know from the one location to to now multiple um you know, pizza and salad is sort of a no-brainer. It's like pizza and beer. Uh-huh. By the way, next time I'm coming in the studio because I want a Blondale or or uh, one of those hard uh, – Or you can hard, just uh, go to city-state
0: when Do you're good, done. Yeah right, yeah,
1: right. The stuff's great.
6: <laughs> um, but uh,
1: – Well, I grew up in Jersey, and we used to get the big, flat, huge pizzas, you know, like New York-style pizza. Sure. But we would all pour the salad on top of it. I mean, I don't know who thought of it first, but that's how I grew up eating pizza. Like, I would hold my pizza with salad in it. Do you know what I mean? So I assume that's what the salad pizza is. I, I know
6: exactly. Which I did the sort of the same thing growing up in my my mom's side of the family Italian. They would put salad on the pizza all the time. Um, colony, we wanted to stay pizza only. Um, we didn't want to retrofit all our kitchens. We, we wanted to kind of stay true to who we were. So we said, you know, let's put the salad on top of the pizza. It acts as sort of a family style pizza. Um, mm-hmm. You can do it with sauce and cheese. You can do it without it, just sort of olive oil and sea salt uh, yeah. as the crust. Okay, we have
1: to take and, a quick uh, break. Hey, we have to take a quick break. When we come sure. back, you can tell David about no. his breakfast pizza. Oh, no, no. I'm going to tell you
0: about uh, how we then, are co-inventors. That's what.
1: But then we want to hear about why come to D.C. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec.
0: All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Ken Martin, who's co-owner of the fabulous Colony Grill in Arlington, Ken, I have to tell you something. You know, the reason your breakfast pie speaks to me is because... It's because he's not allowed to eat breakfast. 1970, (laughs) I beg your pardon, as the (laughs) manager of the Hungry You pizza place in Amherst, Massachusetts, I invented a pizza with an egg in the middle and bacon and ham. Um, uh, We called it the Ponte Vecchio. So I want to know how you make your breakfast pizza. Does the egg go on raw and you cook it into the pizza? How does it work?
6: Yeah, we drop the uh, eggs right on uh, before we send it into the oven. That's uh-huh. a boy. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you can, it's, it's bacon, egg and cheese, sausage, egg and cheese, most popular, <laughs> but you know, put whatever you want on it, the hot oil, the peppers, <laughs> cherry peppers, uh, whatever, onions.
1: So why come down to DC?
6: Yeah, good question. I mean, um, Connecticut is a smaller state, Um you know, real I mean, I think DC is, is
1: a little smaller, yeah, but... but we've got
6: Maryland and Virginia <laughs> yeah, too. Um, Jeez. but we, we were trying to find places that sort of mirrored Fairfield County in, in in many ways with demographics and people eating outside the home and and um have an appreciation for food and and like to go out and commune uh over whatever it is. Then, this in our case, obviously, pizza. Um, you know, our business plan wasn't to open in, in Arlington during the pandemic,
1: mm-hmm.
6: um, but uh. we sort of weathered that storm and we we feel like we're starting to uh, be a part of the Clarendon community there now, which is great. Well, Um, could you
1: tell us a little bit about the space? I mean, is it super big and is it more of a bar scene? Is it more of a food scene? Like, how would you describe the vibe?
6: Yeah, all our restaurants have a full service bar um the the restaurant particularly in Clarendon is uh has two levels has um has a mezzanine which we use for you know sort of events and and uh larger groups mm-hmm. um our our bread and butter is family so even though we have a, a bar component um we're very family friendly so you have, you have a lot of kids coming after little league games or soccer games and, and we have big booths and communal tables in the bar so you can watch the the caps play or the nationals play and uh um you know feel comfortable uh, a lot of smiling faces and uh you know, even though we kind of started as a like a watering hole back in the 30s, uh, we, we feel like we're like a really modern day, you know, sort of meeting place for everybody in the community.
0: Well, uh, one of the, the features we want to talk about before you go is the Wall of Heroes, because that's right. a great idea. Tell, so us, tell about us a little
1: that. bit about that.
0: Yeah.
6: So uh, w- when people would go off to serve in, in, in literally World War Two, they used to in the old Stanford location, they would put up the person's picture picture on one side of the the restaurant. And if they didn't come back, uh, you know, terribly or unfortunately, it uh, would go to a different side of the restaurant. So it was sort of acted as a memorial um, to the people that served and, and, and never came home. Um, you know, we sort of morphed that into more of a celebration of service where now, you know, all the pictures in the restaurants are from people in the community uh, whose grandmothers or grandfathers or aunts or uncles or parents served in some capacity in the armed forces, or you're even at home as a first responder, fire, police, EMS and uh you know it's it's very much just a celebration of service. It's That's not a great idea. Great. It's not uh it's not um you know aggrandizing a war, but it's um it's really what we believe is the backbone of our country is is people being selfless for the good of good of many and uh so all our restaurants—they're not copy and pasted. All the restaurant, all the pictures in our restaurants and photos are from people in the community. I love and, that. Uh, how many? How a many? Story, colony... A lot of stories to tell in those frames.
0: How I many bet. Colony Grills are there?
6: Mm. Uh, we are opening our eighth location in Tampa, Florida, wow. in about a month. Great. Wow. And um, good on we, you. We also have plans for uh, a spot in Cabin John hopefully in the beginning of 2023. That's
1: a banging Please area. Please do
0: come to Maryland. <laughs> now, the area. other question is, how late do you open at night? Mm.
6: We're open seven days a week, um, at least until uh, 11 p.m. weekends. We keep the kitchens open until about 1230. So we do serve uh, um, the industry. Uh, a lot of people will come to us for sort of their late night wind down after, uh, you know, a long night in their their establishment. So uh, we're open pretty late. You no, know, I was a week. asking
0: more on behalf of the stoner crowd, but that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> David's well, got a
1: theme for the show today. I do have a theme Anyway, for the show. Uh, Ken, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us where they can find... Uh, everything about colony grill and especially the one here in the DC area uh online and on Instagram please
6: yeah so our spot is at 2800 Clarendon Ave over in Clarendon and in Arlington and uh colonygrill.com for everything else you need to know and then thanks again for uh, for having me and us
0: this morning absolutely,
1: absolutely. thanks for joining us okay james uh, we're going back to you let's so, talk about your
0: anniversary wait party.
1: before we go to the anniversary party so i've always wanted to try like a hard lemonade or i i just never have you
0: never tried a hard lemonade in your whole life. Really?
1: Do you think I'm lying?
3: I think you're lying I'm to not. your audience. No,
1: I've never and this Liar. is so is there a lot of alcohol in this? Because this yes. is dangerous. It's
3: eight percent ABV. Okay. So uh, Why do you think Alyssa's smiling? <laughs> Alyssa's like
1: it's really good. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so it's one of um so it's again, so it's not beer, so it's gluten free. Mm-hmm. And we made it by um, fermenting sugar with lemon peel. And then we brewed so, if it's
1: fermented, that means it's healthy, right? Yes. It's very good for you. Very your clear. Diet, lots of right? probiotics. No, yeah. we can't make any
3: health claims. <laughs> um, and then we brewed uh, about 100 gallons of black tea and mm-hmm. uh, blended that together with a uh, lemon puree that Big G worked with us to make sure the flavor was exactly dialed into where he wanted it.
1: Cool. Okay. Yeah. I
0: love that. Big G, would you start calling me Big D? I like no. that. Yeah.
1: I mean, actually, yes, I will, but for not the Big... reason you think. How about
3: that? All right, James, tell us about your anniversary party. (laughs) Thank you. So next week, uh, uh, June 11th, is City State's first anniversary party from noon to 8. It's $15 to get in uh, before 5, $30 after that. You get drink tickets with those. We'll have music all day, um, kids' music in the morning, parents are free, families are free, 12 to 1. Mm -hmm. And going all the way up to a performance by the Backyard Band, uh, the legendary Backyard Band at the brewery from 6 to 8 p.m. As far as I know, it's the first uh, go-go show um, at at a brewery in D.C. Cool. And it really celebrates um, our our partnership with Big G and uh, our love for – the city, uh, not just the monuments, but um, the you know what, what really makes D.C. D.C.
1: I love that. Okay, what are you pouring for us
3: next? So next will be our Feather Duster Hazy IPA. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one I wanted to try. I read about it. Uh, Feather Duster uh, refers back to a point in D.C.'s history when our legislature was taken from us, and in protest uh, the legislators emptied the chamber of everything, down to the last feather duster in 1873, and the term "feather duster" legislature became used to dismiss any uh, aspirations to self determination in the future. Saying these people clearly can't, uh, aren't fit to govern themselves. So we wanted to take that name back and celebrate it. This is a seven percent hazy IPA, uh, really juicy, fruity, but also um, you know has a nice dry finish. So uh, it's not overwhelmingly sweet like a lot of hazy IPAs can cool. be.
1: Okay, great. Let's Try that. Now. Do it. All right. Well, Thank you, you. perfect segue when we talk about sweet. We're going to talk well, about I cookies. Well, I don't know, about,
3: so we're going to talk about
0: cookies, but cookies with an attitude. Uh, okay. Neil McGlone, yes, is the co-founder of Molten Cookies. Well, they with a purpose. Neil. I I'm want young. to know exactly what you were smoking when you came up with the idea for
5: these <laughs> I wasn't smoking anything, fortunately.
0: Where, yeah, <laughs> you guys were just sitting around, and said let's do something for late nighters.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always uh, you know loved, I've uh, always been passionate about food and technology, right? So this kind of combines the two because we're a ghost kitchen, right? We're a virtual. Don't look at me. Look at that mic. We're just... a completely virtual brand. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what that means is we're open from five pm to twelve am on weekdays, and on weekends we're open till one am. But we have no physical storefront and is online. So you either order through DoorDash, Grubhub or Uber Eats or you order directly from our website and you can get it delivered to you or you can come pick it up from the store. Okay, I mean,
1: the tech I all get Mm -hmm. and we can dive down deep on that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a good product, the tech is secondary, right? So how'd you come up with the product? That oh, you yeah. wanted to get to people's hands because even if they're eating it at twelve o'clock at night, mm-hmm. whether that's assisted or not, mm-hmm. um, if it doesn't satiate, they're not going to order it again.
5: Totally, yeah. So I mean, when we were originally looking for a product to to do a ghost kitchen with, right? I mean, we, Arlington just doesn't have a very good dessert scene, so we thought cookies would be the perfect thing, and you know everybody loves fresh baked cookies. So, mm-hmm. and then it was just really like recipe development, right? Coming up with all of the different types of cookies that we have. We have about uh, right now we have eleven different types of cookies. Uh, Six of them are classic two ounce, you know, like your typical M and M, chocolate chip, double chocolate, white chocolate, macadamia. Mm -hmm. And then we have our premium cookies, which are giant four and a half ounce cookies. Uh, You know, we have a triple chocolate, a s'mores, a Reese's peanut butter. Um, We're actually coming out with a new flavor soon, which is uh, sort of like a kitchen sink flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's gonna have pecans, potato chips, pretzels, peanut butter, cigarette butts. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no good. cigarette butts, uh, <laughs> and then chocolate chips and uh, caramel. So, uh,
0: what's your background? I mean,
5: so I grew up in the restaurant business. Uh, okay, my family okay. owns restaurants in the DMV. Uh, Tinduri Nights, uh, it's an Indi- Indian sure. restaurant. Sure. Uh, we had one in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Had one in uh, Bethesda as well, yep. down the street from here. And, uh, we closed it down over COVID, mm-hmm. um, and Sorry. you know no, it happens. You know, it's just uh, it is what it is. Um, But then, so I've always loved food, right? I grew up, I grew up, started working in the kitchen when I was 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So so my mom put me to work when I was young and I've always been super passionate about it. And um, eventually I got into like the tech side of things, right? So helping, I started, I became a consultant and helped uh, restaurants in the DC area with their marketing. Building their websites out, you know, setting up their IT systems like their point of sale, marketing platforms, and everything. And uh,
1: well, so but it sounds like I mean, so you know, especially in uh, the teens, like the mm-hmm. like 2018, like in the teen years of the 2000s, there was a lot of tech mm-hmm. for restaurants. Totally. Like restaurants were being bombarded by it, right? Yeah. Back of the house, front of the house, like all sorts of ways. Management, management, control, management right. right? Like all of it, and then marketing, exactly. like and as apps increased. Like I felt like every other day I was getting a you know, a press release about an app that oh, totally. was gonna do something to better the industry. So were you working on it in that way?
5: Oh yeah, yeah. Basically. So I mean I eventually started working for a startup based out of LA called Cloud Kitchens. Yep. Um so they're uh they're in the ghost kitchen sector, right? Yep. So fortunately can't talk too much about what I did for them. They're very secretive. Um mm-hmm. but you know, that's sort of what led me into the whole ghost kitchen industry eventually. And then um Which so that-
1: actually was a thriving industry pre pandemic. It's not that People just didn't really know about exactly. it because exactly because it didn't it didn't deserve anything to be talked about. But that's now it's a now everybody knows what a ghost kitchen is exactly yep. right. Yep,
5: totally. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Uh, you decided to go into the ghost kitchen market. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you have multiple ghost kitchens? Or are you only cooking out of one? What's the plan?
5: So right now we rent space from a catering company in Arlington. So we're they're they're in there till two p.m. They're mostly their business. Are you like all,
1: in an incubator space or you no? no, no. no.
5: So it's a catering company. They have a, it's just a full catering kitchen. They're they're mm-hmm. in there till two p.m. every day because most of their business is corporate. Mm-hmm. So we take and the space. Then you move over, in. Perfect. Yeah. So we Smart take the space them. over at five p.m. You know that was it was opening the store up. That was super easy because you know we just had to really do licensing. They Didn't have to buy much. Equipment, so we were able to get it started at a very low cost, uh-huh. and you know, just get rock and rolling. We, I think, I think from the time we applied for our license, it was it took us about two months to get up and running. You know, so mm-hmm. was, most of the time was just you know getting all of our branding developed, getting our custom boxes made. And that's what took the most time. So
1: sure. Well, what about recipe development?
5: I mean, of course. I mean, recipe development was easy. You know, like like I said, we have a kitchen. Why map. didn't you call? Because I would have helped you um, taste test. Because <laughs> you, you didn't know. I didn't know who you were. David. now you, you know. know? Now I know. Now you all know. right. So Next we're city. going to take
1: a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about execution and then how people can have um, access. Sure. This is David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, bring
0: us back. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking. I mean, we're talking delicious chocolate chip cookies with Neil Miglani, who is one of the founders of Molten Cookies. I got a question for you. Um, the only other late night cookie operation that we're aware of is insomnia. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do differently or how do you go to battle as a kind of a new op- offering? Oh,
5: totally. So, I mean, we have a, a much larger variety of uh, offerings than them. And a couple of things that make us unique are – so Insomnia, if you walk into an Insomnia and you order cookies, they've been sitting there in a warmer for, for a while. We actually bake our cookies to order so the second you place an order the order comes in our kitchen we're putting that that raw dough into the oven and it's being baked fresh like right that second so you're going to get the cookies fresh killed cookies yep Mm -hmm. yep yep so you're going to get the cookies like literally 10 to 15 minutes out of the oven as soon as it gets to
1: you and then what's the delivery radius uh
5: so it's almost all of northern virginia it's funny i was looking at that last night so i've seen we've been able to deliver because with these apps and all that it's a very variable radius right? right because it's all based on how much demand they have and how many drivers they have on the road so, I mean, we've been able to deliver all the way to Mount Vernon and, uh, in D.C., and we've also delivered to Tyson's Corner and, you know, all the so way down to Springfield. So, how do you
1: maintain the integrity of the product based on the delivery space?
5: Totally, yeah. So, I mean, you know, generally it is a five-mile radius. You know, it is somewhere around that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, you know, so we keep, as soon as the cookies come out of the oven, it, sometimes, you know, it can take like 10, 15 minutes for the drivers to show up as well. Mm-hmm. So, and we use pizza bo- insulated pizza boxes, right? So, that keeps the boat. like cardboard exactly corrugated cardboard, yeah. Okay, so and that keeps the, the cookies fairly warm as well. And if you know, if there's like a five ten minute gap between the driver picking it up, we actually have a warmer that we'll place the cookies into so at least they stay hot while they're being waited on to get picked up, you know, okay. so that way they're not sitting out drying up a little bit. And we you know,
1: now do you recommend when people get them? Uh, or have them the next day that they reheat them. Like oh, totally! Yeah. That's so the, what, what's the your what's your best way to reheat a cookie?
5: Uh, the best way to do it is in the oven. You can even do it in the air fryer. You know, I do it. I heat them. I reheat them for about like two three minutes at uh, three hundred fifty degrees, and they come out perfect. Perfect. Like, You're doing in the oven.
0: milkshakes and ice cream too. So yep. do you recommend crumbling them? Oh, yeah, yeah, so
5: so the milkshakes were actually starting this week. Uh, We had, uh, we wanted to start it when we first opened, but, you know, like, supply chain issues have just been ridiculous. So we actually had, we weren't able to get a dipping cabinet, an ice cream dipping cabinet. So, you know, and we didn't want to have to, like, be scooping out gallon buckets and all that because it just gets really busy at night, you know. So Mm -hmm. we were waiting on that for you. it is
1: amazing arm exercise.
5: Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. So. Once we have – well, we should have our dipping cabinet in this week, and, you know, we're going to be doing all the milkshakes. So you'll actually be – once we have the ice cream, you'll actually be able to get any cookie you made and be get it blended into any of our milkshakes.
1: Fun. Yeah. And then where is your ice cream fund from? Did you source your ice cream from somebody specific or – you're just like, we just yeah, invited. we're gonna be using
5: Hershey's ice cream. Oh, you are. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. All right, why don't you tell everybody where we can find you, please, so on where will you Instagram? Be in and that's
5: the other question. Yeah,
1: Hopefully most... soon. Hopefully. Better hurry soon. I mean, ghost kitchens. You yep, can just can spread just, them out, right? Exactly.
5: Exactly. I'm gonna stay okay.
0: straight till you start up. How's okay. That?
1: okay. Right.
5: <laughs> so you can find us uh, at moltncookies.com, mm-hmm. and our Instagram is moltncookies, um, and we're at six zero one seven Wilson Boulevard. You have to place your order online. You know, it takes about twenty to twenty five minutes, and we'll have it ready for you. Last question. What do they cost? So they go anywhere from, so if you want to buy them individually, they cost, their classic cookies are $2.50 and our premium cookies are $3.75. Cool. Okay, that's Great.
0: All right.
5: All right. Thank you cool. so
1: much. Very exciting. All right, James, we're back me. to you. So you want to talk about, let's, so we've talked about your space and your anniversary, which is very exciting. But, Let's talk about the beers that you're creating, mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes people want to open up a brewery more as an event space and more of a place where people can hang out as a business model, and the beers are like, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, But clearly, that is not your case here. So let's talk about your beer process.
3: Sure. So uh, I was crazy enough to try to start a brewery, uh, not so crazy to think I could make the beer myself. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to hire a 30 year, year veteran, Vincent Falcone, um, who is, he's just a genius. A he sounds like a cast member of The Sopranos.
0: <laughs> he is a, a,
3: well, if it's a punk version. Uh, uh-huh. So he <laughs> used to be in punk bands in Ohio and pay for that uh, by being a brewer. Um, and so, um, you know, he was, uh, the pandemic hit him hard, like everybody in the food uh, business. And mm-hmm. he was bouncing around, and I was able to snag him. Um, he uh, has an incredible repertoire. And so, you know, I have the concept for City State. I built City State on beer that I made at home, um, on branding that, I um, mean, our art director worked out together because beer really needs quality beer and branding together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a dream come true to get the brewery built. And then we had to find someone to make the dreams come true in liquid form. So uh, I sort of do the the concept of what the beer is going to taste like and what the branding is going to be. And Vince and I have a, uh, a meeting of the minds because he knows how to execute it. And he's got a lot of recipes sort of in his repertoire. So some of the beers, like the next one we're going to try, Lux Lager, is a beer that he's been wanting to make, that he's been hoping a brewery owner will let him make for okay. 25 years. So, so what
1: is it about the Lux Lager? Why Why it, wouldn't somebody want that made? Uh,
3: you know, because a Lost. lot of, part of... Well, no, actually the opposite. A lot of, so a lot of brewery owners, unfortunately, are homebrewers and they're sort of like, well, like people who think they can be comedians because they're funny at home. Um, and so uh, they have I- they have ideas about oh. like, what it takes to be a, a professional. Um, so Lux so Lux Lager is a premium lager, meaning there's no corn or rice in it, but it's still a light lager. Mm-hmm. At four and a half percent. So, why other brewery owners wouldn't let Vince do what he wanted to do? I don't know, but it's been one of my great privileges. He had to, to uh, convince them. That's But the I'm um, Wow. See, they, right? dad jokes, they're it's just zinging it today, unbelievable. It's right? like, wow. Hey, the, it's the more like, beer ble- I sample, the worse they okay, get. Okay, and then what's
1: the other beer you want to tell
3: <laughs> us about? Uh So, Lux Lager is our premium light lager. And then we have another uh, Vince Falcone special, City State Ginger Beer. This is a non alcoholic. Soda. We chop up 60 pounds of ginger and put in dried orange peel and sugar, and so it is a non-alcoholic soda in cans for the first time this week. Uh, It's available as uh, mixers um, and uh, and in stores. It's going to be available in stores as well, and Mm -hmm. uh, we're really excited about it.
1: Excellent. All right. Thank you so much for joining us Thank today. You. This has been terrific. Tell everybody, please, where they can find you online and on Instagram and how we... Because you do a lot of events. You activate that space.
3: We do. So tell so us where we can find all So our website is citystatebrewing.com, and our mm-hmm. events calendar is there. On Twitter, we are citystatebeer. On Instagram, we are citystatebrewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at 705 Edgewood Street Northeast, down the street from Dewdrop Inn, uh, Mess Hall Metro Bar. We're right in that neighborhood on the Metropolitan Branch Trail, Rhode Island Avenue as well. Mm-hmm. We have a TikTok. I'm not sure what that is, but City State Brewing, and uh, we're also on Facebook, but you Twitter. Have
1: an amazing TikTok. We have an amazing. amazing. We have an amazing social it's media amazing. team. <laughs> uh,
3: but uh, Twitter and Instagram are the uh, are the easiest ways to to find us for sure.
1: Excellent. Okay. Great. All right. All right. So David wants to two, do his rant. Two
0: things. Two things. Very easy. I'm Go ahead. Do. Number one. You can't get tired of what's going on in the Ukraine. You can't get, you know, diverted from that by other bad news or good news. That war's going to go on for a long time. Those people need help. Open up your wallets. If you can host a, a, a family or an individual who's a refugee from there, consider doing that. But don't forget, because if Russia wins that war, it's going to be a muck and fess out there, fellas. And that's number one. Number two, guns. I'm just going to say this. I don't know why any 18-year-old needs a gun, even if he's he or she is going to go out and kill an animal. Wait till you're 21. Wait till you have your head together. Wait till you can buy a beer legally and then buy your gun. And I don't know why anybody in this country needs uh, 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 an AR-15 or an M4 or anything like that because, you know, if you need that to hunt, you're a sh- – I almost said it. You're a terrible shot. <laughs> so get the guns out of this country. Uh, grow a pair, Congress, because people are being killed every day. Look how many people were killed. Okay. No, you
1: have to just it after
0: that, that that terrible shooting in Uvalde. Get the guns out of here, raise the age, get background checks, and stop being so bloody um, uh, bootlickers to the NRA. Okay. That's it. I'm done.
1: All right. And on that note, on June 11th, uh, so much is happening in the D.C. metro area. First of all, Uh, The huge uh, March for Lives is going to be here that will be in the morning starting at 10 a.m., So if you do feel passionate, like my husband does, about uh, saving lives, then you will be there for that march. And then in the afternoon, it is the Pride Parade, and it is going to be fabulous. So you can go to thelistareyouwantit.com for information on all those things. I want to thank all my guests for joining us today. Uh, Jared Silver brought in amazing barbecue, but he didn't put it in front of us, so we didn't talk about it. You're fired, Jared. It it is gorgeous. Uh, But (laughs) go check out his menu, please. And check out all the things we talked about on the show today except about that phone ringing Uh, you can find everything again on the list areyouonit.com follow me at nycci n-e-l-l-i-s on instagram facebook and twitter last reminder covid is kind of coming back everybody so if you're asked to wear a mask just do it and please take your kindness pills because staffing shortages are still an issue Uh, and just be good out there Uh, i hope you have a delicious week and we'll see you uh, next week